0: This is Dr. Jonathan
1: Hanson. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Special guest Matt Shea, allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom, affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute, retired 12 year state representative, former House Republican Caucus chair, and he's currently the senior pastor at On Fire Ministries in Kingdom christian academy uh welcome back matt
2: thanks for having me back on dr Hansen. i hope you're uh, doing well over there on the left side of the mountains
1: <laughs> <laughs> as well as this side of the mountains can be with the uh, uh political aroma
2: <laughs> i
1: think you i think you know what i'm saying
2: i do yes
1: all right although i've had a lot of good people on uh, the last three weeks or so uh, trying to change the uh, air quality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hopefully it'll generate some energy as well. I understand that smell does that every once in a while. So
1: Yes, yes. Well, Jesus spoke in parables, so I think my audience, hopefully, they're gathering what we're saying. But uh, I want to touch on a subject that I think is getting very critical, and that's a possibility, a real possibility. You and I have touched on it a little bit in the past of nuclear war. But uh, I want to read just a a statement first, and then if we have time, we'll go over a little bit more about what uh, Tulsi Gabbard said, uh, why I'm leaving the Democratic Party. I read a couple paragraphs, and then I want you to comment, Matt. She says, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by rationalizing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms and tr- shrined in our Constitution, are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect c- criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize a national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us even closer to nuclear war it says the pro-war democratic party has led us to the brink of nuclear war the party is led by warmongers who are firmly in the grips of the military industrial complex and don't care about the cost of war or how pays you know who pays the price As President Biden and Democratic Party lead have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent threat we face to protect our loved ones, our children, our world. I'm calling upon the American people to join me in standing up to these cowardly politicians now. This may be our last chance to do so. Now, before I get on to her other reasons, and uh, I want you to comment on this. Uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party and what she said about nuclear war, how imminent it is. Uh, Matt? Okay,
2: so I I will comment on the fact that, that clearly something big Is in the offing. I'm going to give some primary sources right now. Uh, First of all, the Russians are mobilizing what uh, are are known as their uh, chemical, radiological, uh, biological, nuclear forces, and they are testing their gear out now. What? What people need to know is the Russian stockpiles of that kind of gear have not been updated in a very long time. Their supply chain is notoriously corrupt. So whatever stockpiles that they allegedly have as far as uh, equipment to operate in a radiological environment, a nuclear environment, a contaminated environment, uh, is probably pretty dubious. So they're probably doing that just for the show at home. But they have said very clearly that their forces have been activated. They're, ha- they're telling their forces on the ground in eastern Ukraine to prepare to operate in a degraded uh, nuclear or radiological environment. So on the, on the other side of this, there is a dam uh, in Kherson, which the Russians have clearly mined. The Russians are accusing the Ukrainians of getting ready to release a radiological device or a dirty bomb. So this is not a nuclear weapon but it is a, it has a much lower range, but can be just as uh, devastating. It it can make places uninhabitable. So it's interesting, the Russians are trying to accuse the Ukrainians of releasing a dirty bomb, yet the Russians are the ones that have mined the dam there in Kherson, and uh, the Ukrainians are are, are, uh, saying, okay, fine, let's prove this. So they're calling in the Uh, International Atomic Energy Agency, and they are uh, asking the IAEA to send inspectors to Ukraine's nuclear sites to confirm that they're not preparing to use dirty bombs. So this appears to be another example of Russian uh, propaganda. Again, regardless of where you stand on this, this is objective. Uh, the, The Russians lied before the invasion of Ukraine very clearly uh, about what their intents were so uh, this just seems like another disinformation campaign however the Ukrainians are winning and they're getting ready to completely kick the Russians out of the East Bank <coughs> I'm sorry the West Bank of uh, the Dnieper River down there her and they're getting ready to cut the Russian supply lines again in the south of Ukraine so we have A situation here where regardless of what the propaganda might be out there, Putin is being backed into a corner. The Russians are losing. They've lost now almost 80% of all of their tanks, uh, almost uh, 45% of all of their armored personnel carriers. They've lost uh, literally thousands of trucks and supply delivery vehicles. Their ability to deliver logistics and shells to the front line has been severely degraded. So... The the other part that has not really been talked about either is foreign currency exchange uh, reserves, which are necessary to try to fight a war like this. The Russians are down to less than a year. Again, based on objective reporting, they started out with uh, over six hundred and thirty uh, billion, but half of that was locked up as a result of the sanctions. Uh, you have another hundred billion of that, which is tied up with other obligations, which leaves about two hundred and. 30 to 240 billion left and that was at the start of the war so you you could just subtract 15 billion dollars per month and you get basically what they probably have left in their reserve currency and so based on economics based on logistics based on also that there's some sort of something big is in the offing because of all the propaganda going back and forth right now between ukraine and between Russia and Ukraine is saying, listen, we'll, we'll send inspectors to prove we're not going to do this. That lends a little bit more credibility to the Ukrainian side, obviously. But something very big is about to happen. There's no question about it. And very likely it's because Putin is losing. He's being backed into the corner. He also doesn't have a lot of time left from a financial standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, and from an equipment standpoint. The conscripts, uh, the, what they're called, the the scripted untrained males that are being sent to the front line right now are obviously not going to really improve his combat power and fighting ability. So I think he just he sees a clock on the wall right now. The time is ticking and very clearly uh, the thing they do have left, they do have some missiles left, and they do have nuclear weapons, tactical and strategic nuclear weapons. So he may feel like the only thing that he has left is a tactical nuclear weapon. If he does that, very likely NATO will be drawn into the fight. And I just want to highlight this because a lot of people may not know. So if, if, if I may continue, uh, the, so right now the 82nd Airborne was already in Poland about half an hour from the border. In fact, when we went to Ukraine, we drove past where they were stationed – but right now, the 101st Airborne Division is in Romania, about three miles away from the border with Ukraine. Now, here's a, here's a quote. I want to read this to you. Brigadier General John Lewis, who's the division commander – I'm sorry, division deputy commander, said recently, this is not a training deployment, but rather a combat deployment. And then he added that his troops, quote, needed to be ready to fight tonight, depending on how the situation escalates across the border, end quote. So you have the Biden administration now effectively readying us for World War III, not de escalating, but actually escalating, not really having an open dialogue with the Russians, because the Ukrainians aren't going to surrender. They have no reason to. They're winning. And their country was invaded. I mean, the question would be, would we surrender? Of course we would. We would continue to fight. But the United States is in a position to lower the heat right now. And so Tulsi Gabbard's comments really are about the fact that Democrats don't seem to have not only a coherent foreign policy, but they seem to have actually a foreign policy that's emboldening our enemies like the communists – in china like the former communists in russia like the iranians and like others in the world who see that the leadership in washington dc now as weak but i want to i want to flip this now that's that's the way we see it from the world how does god see it well the greatest revivals are happening in exactly these same places the greatest revivals are happening as a result of the war in ukraine uh, you, you have massive, uh, massive revival, thousands and thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus uh, as a result of this war in Ukraine. You have literally millions of people in China that are Christians. You have another great revival happening in the Middle East in and centered around Iran. So I, I see this as not not just what the enemy is doing or necessarily what Joe Biden is doing, but hey, what is God doing? And of course darkness is going to come against that, and that's really the bigger issue today that people need to see and understand.
1: Well, I I agree. I mean, the Bible is so very clear. We're going to see nuclear war. There's just no doubt about it. That's that's a standpoint from Scripture. In fact, I, I wrote uh, some years ago on the next four world wars, we're going to see nuclear war. The Bible talks about over 2 billion people actually dying before the return of Jesus Christ. And uh, the situation now is more dire than ever. It also talks about during that same time, the greatest, if we want to say revival, the greatest awakening the world has ever seen and will ever see is going to take place. So when the church is under the most dire attack and persecution and suffering, that's when revival explodes. I mean, my, my grandparents, my father in China, before uh, they were all arrested and put in a concentration camp in World War II, uh, when, when uh, you know, communism took over, I mean, um, millions and millions and millions of people were slaughtered, but the church exploded. And that's after the missionaries left. The church exploded. I'm talking about uh, the church took off in revival and the underground churches is, is alive and well today. Uh, now, we want to do what we can. Obviously, we're living in America to try to uh, stave off uh, unnecessary suffering of, of the church and the American people. And tyranny is, is on our doorsteps. And uh, there is you know, no stopping. There will be a nuclear war and uh, a lot of people are going to die in the world. But can we stave off what this is right now? Tyranny. And we do have a God-given responsibility to make disciples in all nations. And that's what, uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard is so concerned about. Uh, She made another statement. I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. She's talking about nuclear war. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. But politicians and the media ignored it. They didn't care. They don't care now. Obviously, I didn't win that election, and I don't have the power to do what is necessary to prevent it. President Biden and Congress do, but they are irresponsibly refusing to use that power to protect the safety of our people, the American people, and the world from the devastation of a nuclear holocaust. To protect our loved ones, our children, our world, I'm calling upon the American people to join me. In standing up to those cowardly politicians now, this may be our last chance to do so. So again, she sees this nuclear holocaust on the horizon and she sees the Biden administration seemingly purposely driving and trying to ignite it. Matt?
2: Exactly. I I believe these, you you know, if if this was just incompetence, as as I heard somebody say recently, this was just incompetence. Uh, You would expect them to get something right in our favor once in a while, right? But everything is wrong. It's exactly the wrong thing to do, not only from the standpoint of emboldening our enemies, but from weakening us as a country. And you're right. Scripture very clearly depicts in Revelation what appears to be a nuclear war of some kind. Now, we don't know the extent of that, but it it really does – Describe what we would understand today as some sort of nuclear bomb. Uh, and so we know that the Biden administration right now is not going to stop the course that we're on. In fact, the escalation is almost into a spiral right now. Uh, and as that happens, if there is a nuclear exchange, I have to ask this question of the church. And again, this is this is a this is a loving question, okay? Are you ready? I'm talking from my great Baptist friends to my great charismatic friends. Are you actually ready for this harvest? For this great awakening? Are we ready that people in such a circumstance where there is a massive loss of life? are actually ready to not just uh, feed people, but also, and that's a practical thing that a lot of churches don't really even think about. Are, are you actually ready to, to feed thousands of people or even just let alone hundreds of people? But are you also ready to feed them in the sense of spiritually? Are you ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you ready to show them that they, they actually need to be justified by faith alone that they need to be holy and sanctified that they need baptism into the holy spirit that they need that impartation so they can walk into the calling that god has for them and that the resurrection of power of jesus christ is still alive and well today are you ready to actually boldly preach that to those folks but also are you ready to to meet their physical needs and you know i i've, I've talked to a lot of people you've talked to a lot of people and that's why eagles saving nations is so critical because it's doing what should have been done a long time ago in the church in the 1950s all the way up to now we, we need to be throwing cold water into the face of the church and waking them up we need to be awake as a body of christ active living breathing and 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 believing that what jesus told us is going to come to pass is coming to pass and are we actually the faithful, prudent virgins with our lamps not only trimmed, but with extra oil for the darkness that is coming into the land. And I think people think that when you have light, that somehow the darkness slowly rolls back. That's not how it happens. The question is whether or not the light's on and you can continue to keep the light on. And that is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's done through the church standing. It's done to through the church walking with the bridegroom Jesus Christ. And it is Done through boldly, as in the old Galilean wedding ceremony, serpentining with the shofar through the middle of the city and the midnight hour, waking people up and then making sure they join the procession, making sure Jesus, you're walking with the groom, but also making sure that the the power of the Holy Spirit is shining through you and that the darkness is ultimately pushed back. And it becomes a celebration instead of mourning.
1: Well, you're, you're so correct, Matt. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Eagle Saving Nations, please go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations and subscribe now. Now. Uh, Time is literally running out of time. We're running out of time. Subscribe now. Now is the time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are on the brink of so many things, not only a loss of freedom in the United States, we're on the brink of a nuclear war. Uh, I'm afraid, Matt, that you you said, you know, uh, is the church ready uh, to handle uh, a crisis? Well, the church isn't even ready for their own household to prepare for crisis. Uh, Most people go day to day to the grocery store. They're not ready for what is about to happen. The church, like you said, We need to throw a cold bucket of water, but uh, they are so unprepared, man. And this is the great concern. This is the whole point that you and I have been screaming about. Uh, We've been talking about this issue for 15 years in conferences and other things. But we we have to have a great awakening. The church is pathetically unprepared. Yes, you turn on a match and a little portion of light comes into a dark room. But keep looking. Everything else is dark. That match doesn't light up everything. It lights up that portion that you're at. And we, we've got to have this great awakening, Matt.
2: We have to. And it begins, obviously, in the house of God, right? It, it begins in his body. And so as we... As we see these things, you know, we just talked about, you know, kind of extensively what's happening in the world. And, you know, for anybody, they can see it, you know, when, when you have, a, a, you know, Hugh uh, Jintao uh, unceremoniously escorted out. And you see a political purge on live TV in communist China and the ranks are filled with people who want to go to war with Taiwan. We know the direction we're headed. That's right. But we can't dwell on it and we can't sit there being – You know, uh, you know, experts in 2000 different details, but miss the actual forest because of the trees. We have to understand the time that we're in, the season we're in, and as the scripture says, know what to do about it. The first part of that, it starts with repentance. Where we are justified by faith alone, not by some work we've done. We receive forgiveness, but we have to confess to our Lord and Savior, and understand that we need to turn completely from our sins. We need to live a holy life, a life of worship. We need to be baptized into the Holy Spirit and make sure that we have that power flowing through us, and that we're we're stepping into the calling that God has for us in our lives. In fact, I, you know, I've I've run into people. And I'm going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks with our, our people uh, here in Spokane, and with uh, uh, you know, from the pulpit that we have. This idea that if we step into our calling, somehow we're going to just be so viciously attacked, and it's just not worth it. And that's the wrong perspective. The safest place we can possibly be is in the calling that Jesus Christ has for us right now, doing the work of the kingdom that he has called us to do. That's a very safest place. We can be right in the middle of that, empowered and believing that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is alive and well today today. That his church needs to be awoken from the slumber, resurrected, if you will, from the slumber, and we need to come out of the tomb, and we need to testify to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a time when people are asking, what on earth is going on and where can I turn? The answer is Jesus Christ, and a way to help you do that Eagle ego-saving nations.
1: Well, you're so correct, and we could give so many examples of what you just said, if you're in the center of God's will, how he protects you. I mean, so many examples I could give, including uh, my own family in, in China, where they, they came up, lined him against the wall, and they were going to rape my aunt. And they went back and forth looking, where is she? Where is she? Was, well, she was standing right next to my father. And they couldn't see her. If you're in the center of God's will, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow, they would not break, they would not compromise, they would not run, they would not deny the God of Israel. And they threw him in the fiery furnace and they continued to walk. And Jesus walked with them. We need another great awakening. Let Jesus walk with you. Once again, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. We want to get into the stadiums. We want this great repentance that Matt is talking about. Only repentance will stave off judgment. And we need to move out with power and authority like at the days of Pentecost when Peter, instead of running away, he preached and 3,000 were saved because of the Spirit of God. We want to get right back to the Spirit of God motivating and indwelling each believer. Eagles Saving Nations. Subscribe Today, subscribe now. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener supported program.